Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Glenn Botton is here with us visiting, and Jesse will be back tomorrow. Father Glenn, thanks for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Well, Terry, thank you for having me. Well, we're glad to have you. And Father, we're going to we're gonna, uh, cover the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and then we're going to talk a little bit about your own life story and how you're a Catholic priest today here at Our Lady of Grace Parish at the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina, which I go to every weekend. And we'll talk more about that. But before I do that, I want to just uh, give some good news stories. Uh, what I think is a good news story, Father uh, Don Calloway, friend of the show, mm. uh, he was just out giving a talk at a seminary, a Sacred Heart uh, Major Seminary in Detroit, Michigan. And I love the way he started off. He says, what's tiny and delicate at first sight, yet packs a powerful punch in the battle against Satan. <laughs> and Father Don Calloway says, it's the ra- it's the rosary. Amen. <laughs> and I and he's my point is Father Don is telling us all priests, lay people, that we need to get our weapon of choice out. The rosary. Padre Peel talks about that. All the holy saints talk about the rosary. So I just want to encourage people to check out that article on Spirit Daily. Uh, it gives us whole talk, and man, he just knocks it out of the park. Amen. Another another news story. I just want to remind people that uh, we. We have challenges in our church, and we know that. And we want to always be praying for those things. And I know I quote St. Thomas Aquinas uh, in his Thuma, saying that we need to even correct our superiors if scandal is coming down. And he said that. So whenever I uh, try to point out an error or teaching that's not faithful to the church, I always say, what am I going to give that priest, bishop, or even the pope to pray for him to be more clear on his teaching and actually teach what the perennial teachings of the church are. And I just say that because, Father Glenn, before we get to the gospel, uh, well, actually, after the gospel, I want to quote a Pope, St. Pius X, regarding pastors. You're our pastor. And I know this quote makes me tremble just as a father because I think it applies to me on my spiritual fatherhood. So before we do all of that, and much, much more. Let's open up our Bibles uh, to the readings of the gospel for today's, or even though this is um, a saint's day, St. Albert the Great, we'll talk about him as being the teacher of Thomas Aquinas. But I believe Tuesday's reading is Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10. Do you have that in front of you, Father? I'm getting it right now, Terry. Let's see here, Luke. And in fact, it's funny because we just had this... uh, just a, was couple, it a couple weeks ago? Yeah, yeah. that's right. The uh, story of Zacchaeus. Yep, we did. Oh, Holy Scripture is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing, and I I marvel at uh, at the beauty of God's Word. We should. How beautiful a whole scene can be painted yeah. that St. Luke does. You know, I mean, what is this? You know, uh, an account of maybe a couple hundred words? Mm-hmm. We have this whole sense of this encounter of a, a man who's the lowest of low, and not just because he's short in stature, but because he's despised of his own people. Right. But he has his heart burning to see Jesus, yeah. and he has, he has the encounter of encounters with our Lord. It's just an amazing story. Yes, it's out of Luke chapter 19. Shall I read it? Yes, I will read it, and then give us some uh, exegesis and explaining what's going on here. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. At that time, Jesus came to Jericho and intended to pass through the town. Mm-hmm. Now there was a man named Zacchaeus who was the chief tax collector and also a wealthy man who was seeking to see who Jesus was. But he could not see him because of the crowd, for he was short in stature. So he ran ahead 
and climbed a sycamore tree in order to see Jesus, who was about to pass that way. And when Jesus reached the place, he looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down quickly, for today I must stay at your house. And he came down quickly and received him with joy. And when they saw this, they began to grumble, saying, He has gone to stay at the house of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Mm -hmm. Behold, half my possessions, Lord, I shall give to the poor. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I shall repay it four times over. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a descendant of Abraham, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save what is lost. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Father, before you get into that, that last statement, I really got excited when I said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and save what was lost. lost. Amen. Oh, my gosh. Talk about this reading to us, please. Well, okay, so we'll begin with that. I'm happy that, yeah, so is the need great out there, do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. is this microphone on? <laughs> it's a, you know, we've gotten, and, and we'll look at this passage, but but you keyed off on that. Let's put this in perspective yeah. in terms of the evangelical task that's before the Church of Jesus Christ Amen. and her members, pastors, yeah. prelates, yeah. the Holy Father, yeah. the people of God. Amen. We're here to to uh, equip the people of the God to go out there and be the workers in the harvest because the harvest is great. Harvest is greater as great now as it's ever been. We know that secularity, yep. we know that modernism yep. is overtaking society at large, bringing us into a state of insanity, as I call it. Yeah. Um, we had a state of California vote on Prop 1. We talked about that. Mm. 66 voted yes, tw- and that was only 29% of the elector- electorate. That wow. means massive apathy, and that means probably if you were to talk to the apathetic, yeah, abortion, it's okay. Sure, we can enshrine it in our Constitution. That's the state of California. That's the state of—it's uh, a demonic state is what it is. Yes. And it's engulfing our entire mentality. Right. Secularism, thoroughgoing. Yes. So the church, we need to be realists. We need to be calm. We need to be joyful. We need to speak to the age with clarity and charity, as you so well point out, Harry, uh, because the lostness, you know, back in the day when I became a Christian, Jesus movement in the 1970s, <laughs> what a long and intro. You know my story, yeah. and, and your listeners have heard it as well. So, um, but to stay close to our Lord through all, you know, through yeah. all the denominations I went through, and we'll talk about that. I know you wanted to raise that as well. Sure. What's happening within the church? Absolutely. The church must stand tall on letting people see our Lord, mm-hmm. because our Lord will invite them. Okay, we're getting back to the story here. He's, he's come to seek and save what was lost, what is lost, and um, and the need is so great. Back in the day when I became a Christian, uh, I remember, you know, singing Amazing Grace, you know, how great, sure. you know, but that saved a soul like me. I once was lost and now am found. Yep. People are so lost now, they don't even know it. I mean, you have to be able to sing the song to say, okay, I, I acknowledge my, my lostness yeah. because the Son of Man has come to, to save me. Yeah. He's, he's, making a, he's calling us by name, Terry. Yes. You know, Glenn Botton, Terry Barber, the whole listenership out there, the whole of the seven billion people over the face of this earth. Our Savior Jesus would like to call them by name, and he's wanting to call them by name, and we have to assist him in doing that, to have people climb down from whatever trees they're, they're stuck in yeah. and to come and bring Jesus home to them. That's the, that's the story. Uh, and so, you know, it just saddens me that we live in such an age of lostness that people don't even know that they're one lost and number two, that they that they could even be found. Right. Have that happiness of, of our Savior uh, in, in the center of their lives and in their hearts. So that's exactly right. And, and Jesus concludes this powerful passage in yeah. that way. 
So Jericho is northeast of Jerusalem. Jesus is going to Jerusalem. This is going to be his last sojourn. We know what happens that Holy Week and and our our dear Savior's passion. And there is this man named Zacchaeus, chief tax collector and also a wealthy man. Well, we know that tax collectors were the most despised of all sinners in Jewish society. They were traitors. Okay, so here you have a Jewish people. They didn't choose for the Romans to come in. They didn't want the Pax Romana. They didn't need the peace of Rome. Uh, They were a self-governing people who wanted to stay faithful to their God as best they could. Romans come in, and they're going to impose upon the greater Mediterranean area. They're moving into the East Mediterranean where the Jewish people are, and they're an occupied people. They don't want them. You sure as heck don't want to pay taxes. So it's like a double insult. We don't want you here, and now we're having to pay taxes for your being here. (laughs) So and uh, and so there was there was all that animosity already, and then you have, um, you have, what would you call these people? Opportunists, who are Jews and are saying, well, you know what? I'm told that if I if I if Jacob comes to me and he's a shepherd and he has to uh, the uh, the uh, levied tax for him uh, that the Romans want to exact is fifty denarii, I'm not going to tell him what the Romans want. I'm going to ask him for 100 denarii, exactly. and I'm going to you know, give 50 pocket. to the Romans and pocket the rest. Yeah, exactly. So these guys became incredibly... So he was big in wealth. Yeah. I mean, just consider you know, the size thing that, that, that this, this passage talks about. Is, sure. is so, it's so beautiful. Small in stature, big in wealth. Yeah, got it. Okay? But somehow... And despise. That's why the Pharisees are saying, and this man has gone to be, you know, gone to the house of a sinner. Jesus enters the home. The moment Jesus enters that house, he is richly impure. Yeah. As far as the as far as the purity laws of the Jews are concerned, Jesus doesn't care. Yeah. He knows what true purity is, and he knows he's about to come into this man's world and and, and rock his world with his own presence. So. So, you know, the, G, uh, the, uh, the Pharisees and the Jewish establishment are grumbling, grumble, 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 and Jesus says, I know, I know human hearts, <laughs> and I know that the Holy Spirit has touched Zacchaeus. Now, the, the, the passage doesn't, but it leaves it up to our biblical imagination, Terry, yeah. for us to say, what touched that man? Exactly. What touched that man that he was so excited? So right. you can just see the crowd, okay? So I talked about this because we had this, that, as I mentioned, a couple of weeks ago. The average height of a man in the, in the Eastern Mediterranean during Jesus' time was five foot two. Yeah. That's a fact. Yep. So what was, what was Zacchaeus? Four foot six? Just a wee little guy. And you can just see the crowd, and you can just see him jumping above the crowd on his tippy toes. Oh, yeah, he's coming. Oh, yeah, he's coming. So then he runs ahead and he finds a sycamore tree. Actually, it's a, it's a ficus uh, variety in, uh, in the Mediterranean. And it has big, broad branches. So up he goes, scurrying this little guy. And he's all excited. <laughs> When we we'll come back, back, I want to finish that thought go. on the gospel of Amen. today. Father Glenn Button, uh, he's our pastor here at Our Lady of Grace in downtown Covina. Masses are on Saturday at 5. We have confessions an hour before Mass. And on Sunday, a 7.30 a.m. Mass and a 9 a.m. Mass. Yeah. Love to see you come. and hear some power preaching here. Stay with us, family. We'll be back with more oh. on the Terry and Jesse Show. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Glenn is here. I'm getting texts from people saying, hey, he, really, he makes that gospel come alive. Well, folks, I'm going to repeat myself. At the end of the segment, I said, this is our pastor here 
at Our Lady of Grace using the Sacred Heart Chapel in downtown Covina, where I'm at every weekend. And I want to encourage you to seriously consider joining our parish. And I mean that because you're going to get some power preaching, gospel teachings. You're going to get a reverent mass. I I want to just say this before I bring Bishop Sheen into the picture. We receive Holy Communion in the tradition of the Anglican Ordinariate only on the tongue and kneeling down. We have beautiful uh, communion rails at our chapel. And I would encourage you, if you're having challenges finding a reverent mass and solid teachings and you're always like you know upset because something was done or said come over here and try us out because i think you're going to find that it's a good home for you amen right. thank you terry my pleasure amen. father i want to bring bishop sheen in the smartest man in the room full sheen ahead right now folks he always has something good to say to us and father glenn i want to have you comment on this because i've heard you preach on this a conscience a good moral conscience here's what bishop sheen says he says Be mindful that a happy conscience makes a happy outlook on life. And an unhappy conscience makes us miserable on the inside and everyone else miserable on the outside. Uh, We could take the whole hour just like we could take the whole hour on the gospel today, but your thoughts on that. Well, you know, it's interesting that you—that God bless uh, uh, Venerable Fulton Sheen. What, What a... Yeah. What a committed, committed uh, prelate of the church, and yep. really a prophet in, in many ways. Oh, strong, yeah. strong voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's interesting that you bring up that quote in connection with our gospel past. Exactly. I try to connect them. So, poor little Zacchaeus, yep. wealthy, 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 miserable, miserable, miserable. Mm. These guys, these tax collectors, they knew how to put the squeeze on people. They were exactly. not nice, nice guys. They were so... And he got more, and he amassed more and more. I don't know, millions of dollars were in his bank account, right? Yep. So, but something is drawing him to a deeper sense of 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 life, and he's drawn to the rabbi from Galilee, and he hears about him, and he's beside himself, and that's why he's clambering up this tree like a excited little child, and Jesus calls him out by name. He says, "You are now going to encounter true happiness because I am the way, the truth, and the life." So. And he calls him by name. I think that's so important. Oh, yeah. He is calling, and, and by agency of his church as well, Terry, we are calling the whole world community Amen. by name, person by person, right. to embrace the saving grace, the happiness, the true beatitude right. of our Savior Jesus Christ. So you know what Zacchaeus does? He says, you know, I'm tired of this stuff. Yep. I'm going to give half to the poor. So let's right. say he had 10 million bucks in the bank, okay? Yep. Five million, poop, right off to the poor. He had he had 10 million reasons to be miserable, Terry. <laughs> and he's stopping and he and he wants to be nice to people. He's tired of bilking them and squeezing them and 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 with the might of Rome behind him. And so away with it all. So half of it goes to the poor. They need it. He has it and and it's a millstone around his neck. And then the other half, he says this. And this is amusing, actually, because there's some some humor in this. If I've defrauded anyone, I'll pay back fourfold. Yeah. His job is to defraud yeah, everybody. If, I know. Give me a break. <laughs> so, so a long line forms, and, he, and it's like, you know, uh, Isaac comes up and Jacob comes up. Yes, well, you know, you defrauded me. And, okay, here's fourfold. Here's four, 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 uh, fourfold. And pretty soon the bank account's completely empty. And you know what? He's liberated. Yeah. Because he has, he encounters the Christ. The Christ says, I have come, you have in your heart of hearts through the work of the Holy Spirit, through the majesty and mystery of, of conversion, have seen what true happiness is. Mm. 
and I'm standing before you. He's a man, and he wants to have a relationship with us. That's how beautiful. And the church has to continue the preaching, the mass, the reception of our Savior Jesus Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and holy communion, because he's still with his people. And that, and and now that that uh, that um, that dictate from our Lord to go out and to share him with a fallen world falls upon us, and we must be we must be faithful to that call because there are scads, bajillions of people who need to hear and, and discover that the Lord Jesus Christ will be the source of, of, of their happiness as well, true happiness. And that means we rid ourselves of the stuff, and we come grace, uh, great to the, uh, straight to the source, uh, who is our Savior Jesus, his Father in heaven, uh, the, the beauty of the saints, our Blessed Mother continuing to pray, yes, daily rosary, yes, right. for fidelity of the church, yeah. for the power of the gospel to be, to, to be preached to the ends of the earth, Terry. Well, it's a beautiful story. It is, and Father, that leads me right to uh, what you're doing for us as our pastor at Our Lady of Grace, and that is uh, offering the sacraments, but you're actually going to be doing something special for Advent, and I'd like to promote that. Can you share you. what sure. you're doing? So, uh, as you mentioned, you know, we are, I'm ordinary, I'm not uh, diocesan, and so our Mass is, was, was accepted for use by, uh, by, the, uh, by, the, by the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith right. and Pope uh, Benedict XVI. So our Mass is the Anglican form of the Mass. It's mm-hmm. the ordinariate form. We call it the Divine Worship Missal. Mm-hmm. Built into that is the, the reverence. Amen. I mean, the rubrics are there, and, and the format is there, and all a priest needs to do is just have his heart filled with the Holy Spirit and present the Mass in its beauty and its reverence, and it's just so powerful. I'm so blessed that, that, that God has Amen. called us, all of us here at Our Lady of Grace, uh, to be part of this, of, of this beautiful happening. And so the Mass already is, is by its very nature distinct, and as you mentioned, we have a 5 o'clock vigil Mass on Saturday, uh, confessions before, confessions before the Sunday uh, 7.30 uh, a.m. Mass, and then in between the Masses, more confessions, and then 9 o'clock. And the invitation is out to God's people that we are committed to being with our Savior Jesus Christ to, and committed to catechizing and building the flame of evangelization within the hearts of our people that they might go out and, and help us fulfill the Great Commission. Part of that is what we're focusing in on now for Advent. And there are two different things. Uh, one is, is that for the Thursday nights of Advent, uh, 7 o'clock Mass, daily Mass, evening Mass, 7 o'clock, from seven to eight, and then from eight to nine, we're going to be going through the book of uh, uh, letters, uh, the, the Paul's great letter to the Ephesians. Ephesians. I'm sorry, not Ephesians. There's Philippians. James. Oh, Philippians. Philippians. Okay. Yeah, and the math works. Four, yeah. four Thursdays. Right. Four Thursdays in Advent, Terry. Yeah. Four right. chapters to Philippians. Makes sense. It was perfect. We'll yeah. go chapter by chapter, week by week. Yeah. So seven to eight, uh, beautiful mass. Uh, eight to nine, Bible study. I'll present, but it's going to be some give and take too. Yeah. You know, I'll call out to the, hey, what do you guys think about this? What I mean, yeah. it's, so it's it's a little bit of Socratic style going yeah. there in terms of opening Paul's powerful le- letter uh, to the Philippians and us just having that opportunity mm-hmm. to uh, to to cert- to contemplate our call, who we are in Christ. Uh, let the same mind be in you that is in Christ Jesus. Uh, second chapter of Philippians, beautiful stuff. Also on to, so that's the, uh, the four Thursdays of Advent: seven o'clock mass, eight o'clock Bible study. Then that Friday morning, I'll be overnighting in in uh, in Covina. That mm-hmm. Friday morning, we'll have a six thirty morning mass. Today. Right, right. And um, so Friday morning, six thirty mass. Uh, the invitations out there for uh, for all to come and join us. 
also on December 18th, that's a, uh, a Sunday, right? Sunday morning masses, and then uh, we're coming back at 4 o'clock mm-hmm. on that Sunday, Terry. We're going to have right. what we call lessons and carols. I love it. And we're going to be going through Holy Scripture, the prophecies about Jesus, his, the, the story of, uh, of, of, of the visitation, or the, uh, the, uh, the um, Annunciation, uh, and this Christmas story an anticipation of the uh, Christmas season that's coming up. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, lessons and carols. People can come, sing their hearts out about all their favorite Christmas carols that we'll include as well. Great. Uh, that's a part of our of our Anglican uh, patrimony, is this lessons and carols. And so it really helps put people uh, into uh, the season, and the reason for the season, of course, our Savior Jesus Christ and His blessed Amen. incarnation and birth. Father, I mention this because of your story of coming from uh, being a, a non-believer to a Protestant to different Protestant sects and then becoming a Catholic. And I have an article from the Catholic League uh, newsletter that I get every month, and they're talking about an Associated Press uh, recently ran a story of the collapse of the Methodist Church. Mm. It has roughly uh, lost half its membership mm. since 1960. Yeah. And now another turning point, as many of them are in the threshold, not only uh, the United Methodist Church, Episcopal Churches, Lutheran, Presbyterian. Yep. And what I've, in the, in the uh, article, it pointed something out that I think you've mentioned before, and that, that um, these churches that become more relevant to culture, in other words, they've compromised on sexual morality to try and make people feel more comfortable, that... Um, uh, they lose their congregation by mm. doing that. Yes, they do. And and I say that because Catholics should learn from our Protestant brothers that being trendy is a recipe for suicide. Yeah. So uh, your thoughts? Well, yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Do we have five hours? We can talk. Uh. <laughs> so w- I became a Christian in the Jesus movement, yep. and uh, early on in my college years, very good friend, uh, and, and I, we started attending the Episcopal Church. Sure. And uh, love the liturgy, and yeah. I'm still using it all these years later. Exactly. Isn't it amazing. It's, it's love the liturgy, uh, and uh, I'd visit him. I was going to UCLA at the time, and two of my good friends were at uh, at Westmont College in Santa Barbara. We'd go to All Saints of the Sea, and the rector that was there uh, was a Welshman. And boy, could he preach! And he had the entire uh, liturgy memorized. Oh my! And, God. and so it was just—it was just the experience of the beauty of the, the liturgy and poignant preaching. And so I fell in love with that, not realizing that there's—that he was the exception to the rule of what was happening uh, in the Episcopal Church. I don't say any of this with, no. and it just breaks our hearts. To, sure. You know, so I found in mainline Protestantism coming out of Calvary Chapel and, and kind of more like the, the, the burgeoning of the early megachurches and, yes. whatnot, and the charismatic movement as well. Uh, but I found a solidity in, in the Episcopal Church, and it was part of the whole Anglican, you know, the Anglican liturgy and the patrimony. Mm-hmm. Um, and, that, and that attracted me in terms of, of mainline uh, Protestant denom because uh, I wasn't thinking Catholic at the point. Right. Um, I started thinking Catholic. <laughs> yeah, you didn't realize it, though. No, no, not at all. But I mean, you know, so already you're drawn to the beauty of the liturgy. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's possibly a high view of Eucharist that Protestants could have. That's yeah. what we were encountering there. Sure. Then I meet my wife, long story uh, longer. Um, we get married in the Episcopal Church, and we become members uh, of, uh, of an Episcopal Church in the hills of, of Oakland, where we were living in Northern California. And uh, And we became aware of the fact that these mainline Protestant uh, denominations are are 
exchanging the power of the gospel yeah. for a message of the age. Exactly. They're taking the, the witness of the Holy Spirit and, and, and being relevant. Yeah. They're, they're importing the spirit of the age, which is the death knell to the church. And this is borne out by statistics. Yes. Uh, the Episcopal Church, the high mark for all these churches, Methodist Church, Episcopal Church, the uh, various Lutheran churches, mm-hmm. um, the PCUSA, the Presbyterian Church sure. that I served for 13 years, yes. was in the early 60s. Yeah. So as an example, the PCUSA had, I think, like 4 million me- members. They're down yeah. to like 600,000. Unbelievable. Father, when we come back from the break, I'm going to give a quote from a very holy man. Uh, Pope uh, Pius X regarding accountability for pastors. Amen. You're our pastor. I want to give it to you and then tell me, how does this apply to you and to all of us and the church today? You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Stay with us, family. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. It's not Terry and Jesse. Father Glenn is here, our pastor at Our Lady of Grace in Covina, California. And Father, you were just explaining to our listeners what happened to our Protestant brothers in the early 60s. Can you just continue on with that? Well, and we're seeing it across the board because these different denominations are are all making the same mistake. Mm -hmm. Uh, And let me put this in in clear terms, and I don't want to sound uncharitable, but again, replacing the age-old message of the gospel with the message of the age, consider just all the craziness that's happening out there. We want to embrace all that because we're relevant. Well, um, when we lose fidelity to our Savior Jesus, and, yeah. and, and, and we'll talk about how this is different for us as Catholics. Yes. I have a very different take about, yes, about I want to what's talk happening about in, sure. in the complexion of our, of our, of our uh, church, sure. our beautiful church in, in, in this day and age as well. Using the, the, uh, using the Protestant uh, de- denominations, these mainline denominations, as kind of a backdrop uh, for us establishing our focus. So the PCUSA... I think it was over 4 million members. They're under a million now. Uh, people are just leaving. The same with the Methodist Church. Yes. They've gone through just a major schism uh, in this last uh, year or so. Uh, PCUSA, Evangelical Lutheran Church of America, yeah. the Episcopal Church, mm-hmm. uh, United Church of Christ. You can go right down. The same thing's happening. Yes. Harry, time and time and time and time again. Yes. We want to be relevant. when We're going to speak to people in terms that they can understand. Right. But they're, impo- but they're importing the categories, not just the terms. Right but they're importing secularism and, sure. and modernism sure. into the church, and it's the death knell. Yeah, of course. And, and, and Father, this is why we can talk a little bit about the connection with the church, but I want to quote Pope Pius X, and then I want your response sure. and how you are responding to that, uh, being so careful about sharing the gospel with the fullness of the gospel. The Pope said back in the turn of the century, and he wrote the... It's the uh, document on modernism. He said, how I tremble to think that souls can be punished for all eternity on the account of the negligence of their pastor, that innocent people can be led from the path of truth because the words of the inspired text were never preached to them, and that the spirit of the world, just what you were talking about, Mm -hmm. and of our time especially, should pour into ill-instructed minds for want of a firm hand to check its tide. Wow. And this is what really makes me tremble as a father, I'm sure as a priest too. I have a sacred duty 
to defend the truth openly. For God will ask me to render an account for all those souls who have strayed into the way of perdition. Mm. And how does that affect you, Father, as a pastor? Man, that's a profound... And 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 that's absolutely true. Yeah. Um, we have the Pope, who is the servus servorum dei. He's the servants of the servants of God. Right. We're the servants of God as as the priests and 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 the leaders in the church, for bringing Jesus to bear in the midst of His church, to bring the the beauty of the depth of our tradition, a holy tradition, sacred scripture. Right. To be a prayerful people, when we see things happening within our church that are egregious, mm-hmm. uh, we do well to be constructively criti- to be number one mindful of what's happening in sure. our church, so that sure. we're informed. But we have to be as wise. <laughs> Jesus says this, and it's kind of a hard thing to, to you know. It's a hard line to walk. Yeah, it is. To be wise as a serpent, yet as gentle as a dove. Right. To know what's happening and be prayerful and be engaged in what's happening in our yeah. church, and yet to be a people of prayer, a people of quiet hope and encouragement peace, all the fruits of the Spirit. And, uh, and so for me, it's very simple. I've seen, I've seen these things happen in these mainline Protestant denominations, and I, it's not, not personal virtue, it's just my st- trying to stay uh, close to our Savior to say, I cannot be party to that. Right. Because that's a, there's a fine word for it, it's called apostasy. <laughs> yeah. You take the change—and and, and Paul talks about, if anyone brings you any other gospel— let that person be anathema. Exactly. Any other gospel, counterfeit gospel. It's a counterfeit gospel, and it's and it's taken the life completely out of mainland Protestantism because, as as I said, they're following the day, uh, the age of the spirit of the age. What it means for us as Catholics is, I personally, yes, I know what my charge is. I'm the shepherd of God's flock, mm-hmm. not my flock, His flock. Right. That that bears with it then this 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 beautiful and but awesome responsibility. Of of shepherding well, yeah. and and those who do not know that they belong uh, to the flock, we have to go out and, and evangelize as well. That means that we're equipping our people, and we're and and they, and we're sending them forth out of holy mass to go and be the people of God in the midst of their workplaces, in the midst of their families, uh, you know, all of that. And, and so, yeah, I, I understand what that, uh, you know, what that awesome, and and. Um, and yeah, it comes. There's obviously, you know, there, there's a, there's a, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, admonishment yeah. that that Pius the Tenth, Pope Pius the Tenth, is is giving to the the pastors of the church. Beware and do your job well. Yes. Do your job faithfully. Right. Um, totally understand. Um, what are we seeing? Okay, so we we know that that uh, our world is is gone awry. So many creature comforts, so much uh, uh, material uh, wealth, and sure. and you know just affluence, and yet the deep poverty that's in the human soul—it's oh, it's deeper now than it's ever been, Terry. Yeah, I agree. And we you. have the riches. We have you know we have the the beauty, the fullness of the church. So, what what I want to do is encourage the uh, the the faithful who yes. are Catholic in in this way. The Protestant, and again, I'm I'm speaking charitably here, but 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 you know, con- being constructively critical at the same mm-hmm. time. Sure. So you have these Protestant denominations that cut themselves off from the fullness of the church, and so it's kind of like the rootstock has been cut. Right. And so for for many centuries, though, these these Protestant churches are trying to stay faithful to the gospel as they understand it, albeit that they are 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 coming with the spiritual deficit. Uh, of of having sundered themselves from from the one true holy church, 
Um, and that succeeds for a period of time, <laughs> mm-hmm. but it's kind of like Protestantism has a short half-life, I guess right. you might say. Yeah. Constitutionally, they do, through yeah. their polity of, of, of their governance. Well, we don't have that as Catholics. Right. It's different. Tell us why. Jesus Christ established his church. Yep. Him, the chief cornerstone, mm-hmm. the witness of the apostles. There you go. The uh, the spirituality of, of of our church fathers who who continue to explicate holy scripture exactly that's the census fidelium. There's this document it. going around on synodality using bannering around the world census fidelium. They have no idea what they're doing. The census fidelium is the consistent witness of the church from her founding. Amen. The unchanging doctrines of our Savior Jesus Christ <laughs> presented that we would not otherwise know unless God had revealed Himself to us. Through the Jewish, uh, our Jewish forebears, and then preempt, uh, then beautifully and perfectly in His Son Jesus Christ, we have no business doctoring, changing those beautiful dogmas of our church, because that's the lifeblood for people who are out there lost. Not changing things so it 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 uh, it, it appears to uh, appeals to their ears, but saying what their hearts need to that they're miserable yep. in the ways of this world, and Jesus Christ wants to wants to um, wants to transform them. Uh, and so there's that fidelity, but but there's a cons- there's a there's a there's a beautiful conservatism mm-hmm. to how the Catholic Church operates. We see it in holy script, sacred scripture. Right. When I was a Presbyterian pastor, I was using the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Yeah, that's Church. a hoot. That's a hoot. Tell us how that happened. Well, I because I was always looking for good solid theology. <laughs> yeah, wherever it was found. Wherever it was found. <laughs> and then and it was encyclopedic. It's well laid out. God bless uh, Benedict the Sixteenth when he was the redactor. And that's right. Yeah, and and put that together on, on behalf of the church. Uh, it came out. Um, I want to say 1983. It it beautifully shares with us right. what is the depth of our faith. Exactly. And there, there's no nonsense there. No, it's very. So, so constitutionally, we pay attention to, to Holy uh, Scripture as, uh, as given to us through the understanding of the magisterial teaching of the Church and Holy Tradition, yeah. as is as now so beautifully articulated uh, by this beautiful catechism of ours. And that's that. It's solid. Exactly. I'm getting excited about this, Terry. Well, you should, but <laughs> Father, let me jump in and say this to you. I've had my Protestant friends tell me when I give them a copy of the Catechism of the Catholic Church, and these are really good men, okay? I mean, I'm talking, they want to know Jesus Amen. Christ, all right? Amen. Yeah, absolutely. They read it and they go, this is the most beautiful book I've ever seen explaining the virtues, explaining the commandments. Yep. It's all there. I've it's never there. seen anything like yeah. that. You can appreciate those kind of comments, can't you? Oh, I sure can, because I was on the, I was on the receiving end of that as a Presbyterian. Yeah, yeah the, the, the life of the virtues, the beautiful complementarity between our own natural aptitudes yeah. and the supernatural indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Right. Our beautiful uh, uh, Catholic uh, notion of holiness and sanctification. Yes. Oh, it's, it's all there, and I found it liberating and liberating. And I'm just, again, I'm just blessed that God said, okay, well, then continue on your path. And, and you know, Father, when I listen to you on Sunday Masses, every Sunday, and if you just tuned in, you're listening to the Terry and Jesse show. Father Glenn is here, our pastor at Our Lady of Grace in Covina, California, where I go to Mass every weekend. Uh, just another plug for it, because I think that if you come to our chapel for Mass, and you hear Father Glenn, and you see how he reverently celebrates Mass, and how he power preaches, not his personal opinion, but the teachings of Christ. Amen. And that is what everybody's looking for. So I encourage all of us listening that if you're within Covina's, get your, your kids and your wife in the car and make an hour drive. I mean, it's worth it, okay? Because let me just say something about a father and a mom. 
We have a responsibility to give our kids a great example. And if we're not going to a place of worship where maybe it's not being shown by a reverent mass or the preaching, you always sometimes have to explain to the kids, hey, that's not actually what we believe. Yeah. Uh, then don't go, because you should vote with your conscience. Amen. What I mean by that is, as a father and mother, you want to give the best to your kids. And the best I think you can is to get to a parish Whereas they're going to teach Christ and him crucified. Amen. That's what Father Glenn does yep. for us. Well, yeah, I mean, exactly right. We have the deposit of faith. Yep. Beautiful turn of phrase there. Mm-hmm. Why well, I remember encountering that as a Protestant, a deposit. Yeah, what's that? Deposit of faith is, the, is the, the gospel, is the beautiful dogma and the doctrines that we have as Catholics that have been collated over 2,000 years. Yeah infidelity to Holy Scripture as the Holy Spirit's leading us into all truth, and you don't mess with the deposit of faith. That's what we live into personally, and that's what we present to the world. Anything else is a compromise. So we'll get back. Wow. Father, let's get on to that for our last segment here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Glenn, Our Lady of of Peace, excuse me, Our Lady of... ah, (laughs) I'm all mixed up. At the Sacred Heart Chapel, Father... Yes, Our Lady of Grace will be here every Saturday night, 5 o'clock Mass, Sunday, 7.30 a.m., 9 a.m. Be there. You're going to find out that you're just getting a taste of it now. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now... Here's Terry and Jesse. Welcome back. Jesse will be back tomorrow. Father Glenn is here from Our Lady of Grace Parish in Covina at the Sacred Heart Chapel. We call it Our Lady of Grace Parish. Love to have you come. Father, you're talking about the perennial teachings of the church, and you you can't change it. I get all that because, you know, I, I love this line that I've used for a while. God is not going to rewrite the Bible for your generation. Stop trying to change the Scripture when it's written to change you. Amen. Now, you're going to be doing some things with the Advent uh, coming up for this Advent and preaching here at the chapel. Uh, I'd love for you to tell us what they're going to learn from coming to that, but also just finish up, if you could, on what you were talking about with the perennial teachings of the Church. Yeah, that's a beautiful—that's exactly right, the perennial teachings of the Church. Thank you for that, Terry. That's the the right phrase to use, perennial. Uh, So what happened with these Protestant denominations is— is because they didn't have the uh, the ballast of 2,000 years of being the church that was established by Jesus Christ. When they started changing their doctrine, they changed everything wholesale. Right. They revised. We live in a revisionist age. Okay? So as far as the Catholic Church is concerned, because we're, 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 constitu- we're constituted in such a way that, that we have, we have the, the, the entire trajectory of the saints throughout the ages, the, right. and the perennial teaching of the Church yeah. uh, for, for two millennia now, uh, you can't change that. You can only ignore it. If you want a new and improved Catholicism, and this is why I'm saying it's constitutionally uh, different, the changing doctrines in, 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 in these Protestant denominations completely eviscerated the, the, the deno- these denominations, or are in, in the process mm-hmm. of eviscerating them. In our case, because constitutionally these things are set, yeah. These doctrines, and you can only ignore them. You can only walk away from them. Yeah. But you can't change them. Nope. That's it. So there's the dividing line right there. Right. So if we have new and improved progressive Catholicism, uh, they're going to have to ignore 
the deposit of faith, the perennial teaching of the church, and come up with new and improved. Well, it's not new and improved if it's un- fundamentally unfaithful right. to the teaching. Because at that point, we have nothing to give to the world. All we're right. doing is just being, a, I mean, if, you know, if, if God's such a big, loving, you know, kind of a cuddly God, and, you know, people mm-hmm. can, you know, we, we're just having all our personal stories and everything else. I mean, why bother being a Christian at that point? Exactly. I'll just, you know what I need? I'm sleep deprived. I'm going to stay in on Sunday morning <laughs> and, and peruse the inside of my eyelids for an extra couple hours, right? <laughs> I mean, there's no, there's no point in, but we're giving them... The grace of our Savior Jesus Christ. Exactly. And that cannot be compromised. Right. It has to be shared. Exactly. In its, in its own integrity. Right. And that's what you do here at our chapel, Our Lady of Grace Parish, but you're also going to be doing something extraordinary in a sense, in addition to our Sunday liturgies and our Saturday evening liturgies, there's an Advent program going on. Can you just... Tell sure. us a little bit about that. I'm so pleased that, that you're bringing this. I'm, I'm really excited about it. The Catholic Church has seasons. Mm-hmm. And so the season of Lent prepares us to be honest with ourselves right. and prepare our hearts to open up for the coming of the Savior Jesus Christ, who on that third day rose again from the dead. So, mm-hmm. And it's the same with Advent and, and Christmas. Uh, Advent is, again, an opportunity for us to ponder the great giftedness that we have of our lives in Christ and prepare ourselves in this beautiful, humble season uh, for that that triumphant birth of our Lord and Savior uh, on that beautiful Christmas day. And so it's a contemplative season, and we're called to, to ponder our faith. And this is why for this Advent, and again, the open invitation for everyone to come and join us, I want to go through uh, the the uh, Paul's beautiful epistle uh, to the Philippians yeah. about us having that same mind, awesome. having that same humility that Jesus Christ has, wow. and and we can and it's going to be it's going to be a beautiful preparation for the glory of the of the Christmas season. Amen. I mean that's how it works. Advent, we keen appetite for the coming of our Savior Jesus Christ, and are preparing for Him a place in our inn. Father, it's that December 1st on my calendar. That's the first day, right? Thursday evening? Yeah, uh, December 1st, 8th, uh, right. by the way, is a, is a Holy that Gate obligation. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll celebrate that solemnity, that beautiful solemnity. And then again, you're going to have a 6.30 a.m. Mass the following right. morning. Friday morning, yeah. So this is, you know, here's what I would say. This is just my take. I say this every year because I want it to be the best ever. I want this Advent or this Lent Praise to be God. the best ever. How do we do it? Yep. We have to make effort. Yep. So the effort is showing up on the 1st of December, you know, 8 o'clock. Uh, what is it? 8 o'clock Mass? Or no, I'm no, sorry. 7, 7, 7 o'clock Mass and 8 o'clock Bible me, study. Bible, clock, Bible studies at 8. And, uh, and then the following morning, 6.30 Mass. What a great exercise to make a commitment for Advent. So I would encourage people to do that. Father, what else are you going to share of the coming of Christ in the Advent season with us? So it's interesting. Uh, there's, there's the old uh, acronym BYOB. Come to, yeah, your, bring your come own, to the party and bring yeah. BYOB. No, yeah. no, in this case, bring your own Bible. Bring baby. your own Bible. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, and I know that all the people who are going to come and visit us and we're going to have Bible study together, that there is no dust on their Bibles. <laughs> That's right. They're well thumbed and well used. Uh, and uh, But yes, you know, we're going to. We're going to just be with our Lord in in uh, in in the beauty of of us deliberating through the th- the great things that Saint Paul's saying in this in in, the, in his beautiful letter, 
as a way of preparing our hearts for the great, great gift of, of, of who Jesus Christ is Amen. In, his, in his advent in, in our lives. And, you know, and you're right. And, you know, I'm, I'm blessed here at Lady of, of Grace because I know that we have very well-formed Catholics who are serious about their faith. And as I say uh, from time to time on, on Sundays, I'm the preacher, <laughs> but I'm preaching God's holy word. And we're called, all of us together, to engage in, in uh, to, to come with active listening, yeah. and to engage Holy Scripture, sure. and to engage our Savior our Jesus in, t- in terms of, of His beautiful words shared. You know, it's the charisma of the Church, the, the, the acclamation, yeah. the, uh, the proclamation of, 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 of Jesus Christ. And that requires an act, an act of spirit on our part. Yep. And uh, and 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 so there's this beautiful giving and 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 uh, receiving. We give ourselves to the Lord, and we're active about that. Uh, and we have a high expectation when we come to Mass. It's not going to be the same old, same old, same old. It's going to be an encounter with our Savior Jesus Christ, because He promises that. And our lives will be forever changed as we continue to stay with Him and continue to follow Him as our Good Shepherd. Um, but we come with this attitude of engagement and activity, and that's what I'm hoping to engender for sure. uh, for this Advent season as well. We're engaging God's holy word through the, the beautiful words of Saint Paul in this in this wondrous letter uh, to the Philippians, as a way of saying, "Lord, I'm in, and I'm being formed." Exactly. And when when that ha- happens, the sending forth. You have you have ardor, you have zeal, you have excitement, you have happiness that you were talking about. Yes, true happiness. True happiness. Yep. Yeah, peace. Absolutely. Yeah, and Father, just an, another kicker. Um, you are a married priest, I am. and the reason is is because again, you're the Anglican ordinariate has that um, pr- um, availability before you are ordained. Right. If you're married, right. before now, if you get ordained, then you're not going to be married. That's Is that right. a fair statement? Yeah, it's, it's, it's very much like kind of the deacon's um, uh, reality that for those who are ordained as priests yes. or married, you know, nothing's going to happen to my wife, but were it to happen, you know, I, I, right. I, I'd live as a celibate priest at that point. Right, right, uh, I get it. But it's interesting, we have... Tell us a little bit more about the Anglican ordinary. The liturgy is, I'm just going to jump in and say sure. this, that it's very similar to a Trinitine Mass, about 80%, maybe, yeah. 75%. So we have the Gospel of John at the end of Mass. Uh, we have uh, beautiful prayers that are just really elevated mm-hmm. to a point mm-hmm. where you're just like, like before Holy Communion, the prayer that you yeah. pray, I'm like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Can you just give a few things from your memory about some of the prayers that we pray? So uh, there's an opening colic that we yeah. have, yeah. Um, and... Um, it's, yeah, and so the one that you're talking about is collect of purity. Yep. Almighty God, Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, maker of all things, judge of all men, we acknowledge and bewail our manifold sins and wickedness, which yes. we from time to time have committed by thought, word, and deed yeah. against thy divine majesty. Wow. It so, wow. Yeah, it is so powerful. That's pretty high. And, and, and that's, so the ceremonial that we have, yeah. is, is, as you wisely said, is about probably 75, 80, 85%. I mean, not what the percentage is, but yeah. largely the same kind of, 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 of ceremonial that is used within the traditional Latin mass, the Philippine yes. mass. Yes. But we're using Tudor English, Elizabethan English. There you go. So it's all the the and the thou, yeah. but it's, it's rarefied to use a fancy word. Yeah, rarefied. I like that. Because it's not just common. It's not like, hey, dude, what's going on? Yeah, no, no. It's no, sa- it's, 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 it's sacred. It's sacred. That's the word I look right. at. It's a sacred. The Mass is sacred. Yes. And that, this is the thing yeah. I jump in and say, come to our Mass 
this Saturday, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you. I want to be there, okay? Please come either Saturday evening at 5 or Sunday morning at 7.30 in the morning or 9 a.m. Mass. And I think the proof will be in the pudding yeah. for people. Yeah, it's, it is because, again, the Mass forms us. Mm-hmm. And this is a sublime Mass. It's beautiful. Uh, it's just, it's, yeah, and the prayers. The prayers are distinctly Anglican, as you know, though. Of Derek. course. Yeah, so that's the, be- and those prayers get in your head, and yeah. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts be open, all <laughs> desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of thy Holy Spirit, oh that God. we may perfectly love thee and worthily magnify thy holy name. It's now, just, it's just, it's prayer. It's so beautiful. Remember so. the old t- saying from the church, the way you worship is the way you believe. Yeah. So yeah. if you have a sloppy worship, you're going to be sloppy in your sloppy belief. Faith, yeah, amen. And, and the other thing that I think is so important is the reverence for the Blessed Sacrament and the Anglican Ordinary at Mass. Uh, the, the reverence is very, very profound. I even even the, the words in the old school we used to, we used to um, you know, tap our, put our head down every time the name Jesus yeah. is said. You still do that in, your, in the tradition, correct? Yeah. Our, our, Even you, during the Mass. Yeah. If the oh, Gospel yeah, is being yeah. read, yeah. you bow. I, don't, I have a beretta. I don't wear the beretta yeah. during the time I preach because I do like to say the name of Jesus. Yeah. If you have the beretta, you have to take it off. So pretty soon yeah. you're going, but, yeah. but none, I'm not, no, it's the name. It's the sacred name see, of our Lord. See. Um, I, here's a plug as far as how to get a hold of us. Yeah. So you can get a hold of Terry and, and uh, yeah. Virgin Most Powerful uh, for our website, OLG, Our Lady of Grace, OLGonline.org. OLGonline.org. And, and the what we have coming up for Advent and our mass schedule and everything. Sure. Conf- confessions. It's all there. Awesome. Awesome. I love it. Father Glenn, thanks for joining us today and filling in for Jess. Jess will be yeah. back tomorrow. Hope to see you this weekend, folks. Anybody in Southern California, I and come up to me. I'm that bald-headed old guy in the back of the church. No, I'm in the front, actually. But I'd love to see you at the chapel here Saturday evening at 5 o'clock, the Vigil Mass, Sunday, 7.30 a.m. Call me at 9 o'clock a.m. in the second Mass on Sunday. If you have a question, call me at 661-972-7872. I'd be happy to say it and repeat all that to you personally. Father Glenn, I always ask Jesse what state we should be living in. And state you know, of grace. You got it. You got it. The state of grace. And don't forget our Lady of Fatima folks said, those are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. Let's pray for our priests, our bishops, for the Holy Father, for our country, for all of us to be on fire for the kingship of Jesus Christ because we're coming to the end of our liturgical year and that's what we end on. Christ the King. Viva Cristo Rey. God love you all.